Are you the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. Before. Sitting has been like a big transition for me, you know, going from like standing for yeah. so long. Yes, me too. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello, and welcome to Cosmo CEO, the podcast. We have an amazing guest today, Vanessa Jasper. She is a former hairstylist, 23 years and salon owner, and has recently transitioned to her new soul path as a soul coach and mentor and yoga teacher. So we're so excited to hear about her journey. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. So I always start out by asking, um, where are you from and what led you to cosmetology? Okay. So I am from Arizona. Well, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. And then I moved here to Arizona at the age of 16 years old. And um, I moved in with my um, aunt and uncle that lived here in Arizona. I was um, fighting with my mom a lot (laughs) in Texas. So my mom was like, go live with your aunt and uncle for a little while. And it was like the best thing that could have happened to me. And I never left Arizona after that. So I've been here in Arizona since I was 16 years old. And interestingly enough, um, it was my high school counselor that um, I'm, I'm a projector. I don't know if you cover human design on your podcast, but um, human des- in human design, I am a projector, which means that my um, strategy is to wait for an invitation. And now when I look back at all of my experiences or all of those big life-changing moments, they've all been invitations, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild. So cosmetology school is the same thing. It was, um, I was in high school, did not know what I wanted to do. I knew I was more of a creative academic school structure, never really uh, suitable for me. Um, so I kind of struggled in school because it's just not where, what I really wanted to be doing. Um, and I had an aunt who was a hairstylist and I used to assist her when I was like 14 years old. I used to go to her salon on Saturdays, actually have quite a few family members that are hairstylists or, um, artists or musicians. And so, um, my aunt, I used to assist her and I was always infatuated and super, super interested when I would watch her do hair. I could sit there and just stare at her for hours. And, um, but for some reason, I never thought that could be a reality for me. And so fast forward to when I was in high school and my counselor was like, well, what do you want to do? I knew a university wasn't in my future. Um, so I was either thinking like a community college and graphic design or something within like that creative realm that I could like make money mm-hmm. and still be creative, you know? So, um, and I was an artist at the time too. I did a lot of painting and drawing. Um, and so when he, he was like, well, you look like you might like cosmetology. And I was like, 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like, how would I even make that happen? My mom was a single mom. I was 18 years old. My mom had just moved here to Arizona. So I was back at home with my mom, but she was a single mom. So I was like, my mom paying for cosmetology school. Like, what does that look like? You know? Mm-hmm. And this was a program that was a part of my high school. It was like a vocational program, like mm-hmm. vocational school program that I was able to take advantage of because I was still a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. So I said, I would absolutely love to be a hairstylist, but what is, what does that look like? And and he made it, he told me it, it was like possible for me. And all I had to pay for was my kit. My, it was like, I remember it was like this brown leather bag. Cause this was like 23, 25 years ago, guys. Mm-hmm. So like, it was a long time ago. So it was like this brown leather duffel bag that had like perm rods in it and scissors and clips and all the things that you would need. And it was $350. And that's all I paid for for cosmetology school. And it supported me my entire life. And still, even now that I'm a yoga teacher and soul coach and out of the salon, I have a setup here at home. Mm-hmm. So I have like my own mini um, salon here at home. I have my chair, my mirror, my cabinet, my color, um, my outlet, yeah. <laughs> all the cords <laughs> here at home. And in fact, I just colored my mom's hair last night here at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so now I'm a kitchen hairstylist. I, think, <laughs> I was talking with um, somebody else and she had the same experience. She went through the program through high school and all she had to pay for was her kit. And I think it's so sad now that they've taken so much out of the schools and have really pushed mm-hmm. universities and taken away from the trade industries. And it's like, yes. there are a lot of trades and universities yeah. for everyone, you know? I tried it. It wasn't for me. It's amazing if that's your path. However, there needs to be more opportunities like that. Yeah, I took out a 10-year loan to pay for cosmetology Mm -hmm. school because that's Mm -hmm. the only opportunity I had, you know? Wow. That gave me chills. It's so true because not everyone is created that that way, mm-hmm. you know, to to thrive in a university. Um, everyone, there's so many different types of learners, and um, and now self study is becoming such a huge thing. People yeah. are learning from their experiences, and now that's like a big thing. Like Tony Robbins and Dean uh, Gratz Graziats. Oh, I think I just butchered his last name, but anyhow, they, yeah, they have this whole thing now online, which is just um, creating courses and they're promoting self-study because that, that just university doesn't look, that's not everyone's path. If you can do that. And if that's what you want to do, it's amazing, but you know, yeah. It has a different path. Okay. So you get your kit and you do your schooling through high school. Take us through like your career from there. Where did you go after you got licensed? So after I got licensed, I um, started, you know, I thought I wanted to do everything, right? I wanted wax. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, do nails. I wanted to do color. I wanted to cut. I wanted to do all the things. Yeah. And yeah, I soon realized that that just, um, you never really 
master anything when you're doing like 10 different things. At least that was my experience. So I went and I worked in this little boutique salon um, at Metro Mall here in in Phoenix. And um, that mall is like essentially... I don't know, I haven't been there in ages now, but, you know, I don't even know what it looks like in there anymore. But yeah, I worked there for um, a little while and soon realized that that's not where I wanted to work. I wanted to work somewhere more progressive, somewhere where I could learn and have more um, education. And so Tony and Guy, Mm -hmm. I started at Tony and Guy. And how that happened is I got a mailer. Um, in the mail again another invitation um I got this like little flyer in the mail that said they were looking for hairstylists and um I it was just really appealing to me and you know of course the the flyer had a very progressive you know haircut and color um model on it and it was like oh my god yeah that's totally where I that's what I want to do and so I went there and I interviewed, but I guess I didn't really know that you have to specialize there, at least back then you did. So um, they were like, choose, you know, cut or color. And I was like, wow, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what I want to do. And um, I remember my mentor then, he said, um, what is it that you would like to do? Think about it this way. What is it that you would like to do all day long? Um, and I said, immediately, I was like, color. I love color. And I I picked up on it really quickly when I was in cosmetology school. And I think that part of it was just like being artistic before that and painting and working with like colors. And I liked like the color wheel and I, and I liked all of those things. So, um, I went with color and Mm -hmm. I, I sustained myself for 23 years just being a hair colorist. Wow. You never, even when you transitioned out of there, you never did cutting or anything else? No. So I was, I mean, I dabbled in it some because you always have those clients who don't want to go to two people or friends or family that are like, just cut my hair, just trim it, you know, just do this or or that. And so I would do, so I did do some cutting, but it's not really what I offered as my services, like on my menu um, when my clients would come to me, especially if they were new clients. Like my, so what happened is after I left Tony and Guy is when I um, partnered up with my best friend and um, we became business partners um, in the sense that we shared a clientele. She did all hair cutting and styling and I did all of the color and so when we left there she started to refer her clients to me and um, we moved into a studio so she had another business partner and they moved into a studio together when they left Tony and Guy and then I um, followed after them and um, like a few months later I came to work with them and actually um and there was a whole like story behind that, but I won't go into it. <laughs> I got I got fired from Tony and Guy. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I got fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was one of those things where you know when you go and you work at a commission um, salon or a, or yeah, because it was a commission salon. Okay. You know, the clients stay there. Yeah. And, um, and so there's that whole thing. And because my friends had left, I think there was maybe a misunderstanding or some feeling that maybe I would let their clients know where they went. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
uh, and I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, um, it was it was great for me because it kind of pushed me into commission, or I'm sorry, not commission, but uh, entrepreneurship mm -hmm. of you know like going and renting my own space and just jumping in there. So literally from one weekend, I think I got fired on a Thursday, and I think by like that following Tuesday, I was already taking clients in a studio next door to my other two friends who were cutting hair. So then they referred their clients to me and instantly I was booked. I was just busy. So I did not skip a beat. I went out and I bought all my color and I went into um, working at a studio and partnering with them and sharing clients with them. So that's yeah. so crazy. Mm -hmm. it, talk about a little bit um, what that first like few weeks or months felt like. I mean, because you had literally you didn't have to take any, you didn't do any bookings yourself, right? You didn't do any of the bookkeeping. You never ordered color before any of that. So how did you really navigate that shift? No, I didn't. I just went and I bought, you know, that's when paper books were the thing and everything was done manually. And I just went and I bought a planner and I just started penciling all of my clients in my planner. And, um, then I, yeah, I remember it was just like a total leap of faith where I had to go and invest, you know, money into my color supplies. Mm -hmm. I knew um, like the basics, like what colors I like to use, what I use the most, what, um, you know, like just a good range of, and I knew that I liked um, L'Oreal Professional because that's what I used of my, my entire 23 years of doing hair. And so, yeah, I just bought myself some supplies and I literally had no time to think about it. I just had to jump in and do it. Yeah. And so I'm kind of glad that I didn't really have that much time to think about it. I might've not done it for a really long time. That's so crazy. And so, and that's where you kind of finished up your career in that industry and that's so yeah yeah so in, in that um in that space you know there was a lot of like moving um of course different salons um so from there I went to work with my um then my best friend and I became um more of like business partners then because she was in a partnership with another person and that kind of fell you know, through or whatever, they went their separate ways. And then that's when she asked me to um, go with her to the salon that she was now opening up and um, become her partner in the sense of like her, her color, like her colorist, her, mm -hmm. you know, so that we could continue to share clients. And that's the thing about sharing clients with somebody else when you do specialize is that most people don't have the kind of situation I had with my best friend and partner. Like, we were able to make it work for so long for almost see, those entire like 20 something years, you know? Um, but a lot of people are not. So when you leave a situation where you specialize, you either have to learn how to do the other thing or have just a good uh, partner that you can continue to share clients with. So fortunately for her and I, that was the case. And so we just kind of moved along together. And after um, she decided that she didn't want to do, um, that she didn't want to be sole uh, part or, or sole owner of her salon because she realized, um, you know, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to take on a huge salon. Mm -hmm. And I think she had like maybe nine or 10 stylists at the time. 
So we decided to, um, because it froze and so I missed like oh sorry it's okay uh I forget where it kind of left off okay um oh she just wasn't ready to to um you were gonna take over or like partner up within the salon yep yeah so she um yeah she sold her salon and then we moved into a studio together and then from that point on it pretty much became her and I sharing clients, um, having assistants um, here and there. You know, she had an assistant. I had an assistant. We were both very, very busy stylists. So, um, yeah, we, we went back to studio life and we decided that we didn't want to deal with all of the salon drama and that we really um, we just found this um, trusting relationship with one another and we just trusted each other fully. And so we continued together in the studio, um, but then we became Apricot Lounge. So we, we became our own salon, but we always functioned as almost like roommates, but under the name of Apricot Lounge so that our clients saw us as one. Mm-hmm. And we were, um, and they'd call us the dynamic duo because, um, you know, I did all of the chemical services and she did all the cutting and we had a very diverse clientele. Um, uh, we were a multicultural salon. Um, my best friend is um, African-American. And so, um, and I, when I started cosmetology school, had, I learned how to do all textures and I always embraced um, doing all textures of hair. So she fully trusted me and because she trusted me, her clients trusted me, even if they didn't at first, you know, like, um, I trust her. She's amazing. Like, do you want skill level? If you want skill level, then she can do it, you know? And so, yeah, so we shared clients for that long. That's amazing. What, Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is the key to like a strong partnership? Because you know, sometimes people will say like, oh, you know, don't have a partner. People always have a bad experience. And of course, the ones that have the bad experiences love to tell everybody like how terrible it is and what they shouldn't do. But it sounds like yours was so positive. So what do you think the key to that is? I think the key to that is being honest with one another. I think it's um, talking to each other when you are uh, butting up against a situation. Um, For my best friend and I, we've always had um, more like of a sister type relationship. So it hasn't always been easy. Of course, we've got into, you know, you've got the disagreements. Um, Having a a, um, best friend as a business partner, you still, you know, it's a fine line because you're mixing business with personal. But I think for her and I, the key was keeping our money separate, A keeping your money separate. Um, And then B is just being really honest with each other and um, finding a way to move forward. Um, Yeah, you know, finding a solution and finding a way to move forward because ultimately my friendship was the most important. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so sometimes it's about taking the high road. Sometimes it's about, agreeing to disagree you know yeah yeah and just being really honest and towards the end you know when we were transitioning when I was transitioning into this career now and um my partner um kept apricot lounge and she's doing a beautiful job on um 
continuing the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, during those last two years, when we were planning on going our separate ways, we, I was honest with her. I told her that my heart, we would have heart to hearts, you know, we would have meetings and we would sit down and talk. And, um, I, I had to have that conversation with my best friend. And I remember it being such a scary thing to have, to tell her that I didn't see a future in hairstyling for myself anymore, that I felt like my soul was now calling me to on another path. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, really now looking back, it was nothing, it's never been anything personal. And she knew and was completely supportive that this is where now my path was taking me because um, I am a liver transplant recipient, and I know that's another big bomb to drop, like in the middle of this podcast. But no, but um, I do want to talk about that and just you know how your health and all of that can affect everything. <laughs> everything, your yeah, work and all of that. So um, I had a liver transplant eight years ago, and my best friend and I, you know, because we have been best friends and business partners for so long. Um, she was my work husband is what I um, called her. And I went through her divorce with her. Um, you know, then I got married. Um, she was there for me at my wedding. She stood up for me at my wedding. Um, I had a liver transplant. We went through that together, you know, so during this time, we've like navigated this friendship and this beautiful partnership where we've had so many different things happen in our lives. Right. But we've always been supportive of that. So her knowing my journey with liver transplant, knowing how much I had grown and how much healing that had to take place and that I found yoga and that yoga became such a passion for me, she understood. She understood. She was very, very supportive. And so those last few years, those last two years, it was um, our final lease that we had together. Um, I decided that it was going to be easy even those times that it felt really hard Mm -hmm. and even those times where you have to talk business and you're like, yeah, you know, (laughs) I don't want to talk business with my best friend right now. This sucks, you know, because it did feel like we were divorcing, even though we're still friends. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of ties for me. There was a lot of energetic cords and a lot of energetic ties that I had to my business that I had to my best friend who, because honestly, so she's 11 years older than me and she looks phenomenal. She's in her fifties and she looks like she's in her thirties. Um, and so we, um, wait, where was I going with that? So we, um, I was saying that for a reason. Where was I going? I lost my train of thought, but, um, I just decided, oh, the energetic cords. So I really did feel like we were separating because we had to talk like, well, who's taking what and what are we doing with clients and what, you know, it's just this really, really fine line. And I um, chose that when it would get hard, that it would be easy. So I'd shift my mind from like, this is, I'm like dreading this. I'm dreading having this conversation. Oh, I really don't want to do this to, no, I choose to make this easy. Mm-hmm. And then I would just choose the path of least resistance. And here I am six months later. Um, let's see, I left in March. I had planned to leave May 12th. What's that? Yeah. 
my gosh this year is like this weird time warp of like that things happened a long time ago but they're all happening this year it's so bizarre it's crazy it's like it seems like it was yesterday but then it's like wow it's already been six years since like this whole COVID thing really began anyway here in Arizona um you know and so I had to leave my career I had to choose to leave in March when I had really planned my lease was um over in May oh okay. so I had to step back about a month to two months earlier than I had planned to because being a transplant recipient, um, organ recipient, you're on autoimmune or excuse me, you're on immunosuppressant so that you don't reject your organ. So that suppresses the immune system. So exposing yourself, you know how close we are to clients and exposing myself to, to like risk client after client after client and you're two feet, a foot away from them doing their hair, I, I just, I, I had to choose to take a step back. And that was, oh my gosh, it felt like the rug was swept from underneath me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, whoa, I know I was planning to do this already, but oh my gosh. Guess I'm doing it now. Yeah, I guess I'm doing it now, exactly. You know, it's kind of like that same feeling when I had to take that leap of faith way back when I got fired and I in one weekend decide to be an entrepreneur and rent a studio and do everything myself, you know? So crazy. So talk to us a little bit. I just want to rewind a little bit to your liver transplant and learning what was going on with your body and then navigating through just dealing with your business in that way. So I have to take care of my health issues. This is what my schedule is going to look like. This is how things are going to shift now. For sure. You know, it's just a really incredible blessing, but honestly, the way that all of it um, happened, you know, at that time I had already reduced my schedule because when I had kids, I decided to work three days a week um, and just have like be just booked solid on those three days. And um, before that, I was working four days a week. So still not all that much, you know, but I I had four long days where back to back, I was coloring care, boom, 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 you know? And so um, I had built up a clientele, which which was a really, um, which was really beneficial for me um, right before I had kids. So I had a few years to build up my clientele and I had, I, I had amazing women, um, affluential women, you know, uh, women who even through the different dips of economy that I've had that, that have happened during those 23 years of being a hairstylist could still afford to get their hair done. You know, and so I've worked in Scottsdale and I've always lived in the East Valley of town. So I've always traveled to work, but I knew that um, once I started working in Scottsdale, that that's just where I would always work because it's always um, easier to keep your clientele and then just travel to wherever your clientele is, right? At least for me. And I, um, so they worked around my schedule at that time. I was already a mom. I was already working three days a week. So it kind of just so happened that when I would get sick and when I would end up in the hospital with um, um, issues with my health, 
would somehow land on my days off, like on the, well, like those two consecutive days off or where I would just like miss one day. I honestly really didn't miss that much work. Wow. And it's so crazy. And my husband worked at Mayo Clinic at the time. He's still employed there. But my husband's also um, in the military. So he's in the Air Force and he's on active duty contract um, orders right now, but he's still employed with Mayo. And at that time, he had just started working with Mayo. So Mayo is the best transplant hospital here in Arizona to go to. Wow. So I, it was just like the way that God, um, universe, God source energy, whatever you want to call it, just made this beautiful way for me, even though it was like very challenging at the time. I have a supportive spouse. So that was incredibly important. My business partner, best friend, was always very supportive of me. Um, And so there might have been a few days here and there that I had to miss work, but she was always willing to try to help me out in any way possible. Our clients um, always knew what was happening because we worked in a small studio, intimate. They were kind of a part of the journey you know, and so they were also really supportive. I, I was harder on myself than anybody else was during that time, honestly, Yeah. because, you know, as, as you know, it's hard to cancel your day. Of right. Client. right. It's not like you just close. Where are you going to put them? Exactly. They have to go yeah. somewhere else. They have to go somewhere else. And now I'm working two or three extra days next week to try to fit everybody in who had an appointment last week, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a very, um, it's really tough to, um, to manage, but somehow it just all worked out. And um, during that time, I was just, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was on a, I was on a journey of my own healing and self-discovery. Honestly, I look back some days and I feel like, how do I make it through that time? You know, it's like, I kind of know, right? I kind of, am like blown away at the same time. You know, it's like, yes, I had the support that I needed and my schedule was a little more flexible. And my husband worked at the hospital where I got my transplant. So all those things were working for me. Um, yet at the same time, I'm like, how, how I had the strength, the physical strength to show up to work mm-hmm. and stand on my feet for hours and hours and hours at a time is crazy. And, you know, as stylists, we do that. And it's easy not to drink anything or eat anything yep. Yep. During, during the day. Right. Because you're like, and your clients are like, sit down and eat. I'm not in a hurry. And I'm like, no, it's, I know you'll let me eat, but it's, I have someone right after you and someone right after that and right after that. (laughs) I know. And they'll be like, Oh, do you want me to bring you some food? I'm like, and what you're going to like feed me fries while I'm foiling? Like when am I going to eat this food? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're like, thank you, but no. Totally. And you, but you know, like, honestly, that I, I do have to say that I was like my first few years of hairstyling, there was a lot of drinking involved. There was a lot of smoking. I used to be a smoker. Um, and it was like the only time, like, I think I became a smoker so I could actually take a break from like work, <laughs> you know, and actually like go outside and like, I don't know, do something for myself, which actually later, obviously I realized, you know, like, wow, I need to nourish myself more. And so getting sick actually really helped me oops, actually really helped me 
to begin to care for myself more, even on those days when I was really busy Mm -hmm. at the salon. Yeah, I think that's so important. And a lot of times, I don't know, people can be a little bit cynical about self-care and what that means and what that looks like. But honestly, like taking two minutes to take a drink of water is self-care. You know, when we're in this like hustle, go, go, go mentality behind the chair, it's just those few pauses, maybe that pause right before you go into the salon to kind of like calm your vibrations, set your intentions for the day, cut out anything that happened like the night before or that morning and like come in fresh. Like that's self-care too. It doesn't have to be like sitting on a lotus flower meditating for hours. No, 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 not at all. It could be this. Yeah. It could be green juice in a bottle. It could be like you said, you, you having your 32 ounces of water just to track your water for the day. You know, my business partner and I um, were we were health nuts. So we became, um, you know, if she didn't have a snack or some nuts or something to snack on, you know, I did or vice versa, Mm -hmm. or, you know, we were always just kind of helping influence each other in our health care or health, um, self, self care. Um, and, um, I was also going to say there had been times where I've literally told a client like, I need to step away right now and go take like five deep breaths Um, because yeah, you know, sometimes you're confronted um, like energetically, you know, you, a client comes in and they might be in some type of mood and they totally like vomit that all over you. Mm -hmm. And you as a stylist, you're taking on all of that stuff. You're taking on their emotions. You're taking on their energy. You're, you're, they're, they're telling you all of their problems. And I, it was one of those days and she showed up and was just like, I mean, I stepped into that and I was just like, whoa, mm-hmm. I was taken aback and I felt like I was being attacked. And I just, without going into the story, but um, that my, my point is that it's okay to tell your client, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, need, I need five minutes to go breathe right now and to go center yourself, go to the bathroom, take several deep breaths and come back. I think that is a really important message because yeah, we feel like we have to take everything head on and even you know, it's one thing when you're in a salon and it's just you and your client and your client is having that feelings. But then if you work in a bigger salon where it's all of the stylists and their energies and then all of their clients and their energies. I mean, I used to know on on Saturdays when I worked at a big salon, I would get in the car, I would turn the radio off. I had a 35 minute drive home and I would just like rest. And then I would get home. I would tell my boyfriend at the time, husband now, um, like, I just need 20 minutes in my room. Like, don't talk to me, you know, just to like, kind of get it all off. And then having kids now I come home and I can't do that, you know, so I had to make huge changes in my career. That's when I left the salon. Um, and now on Saturdays, even though I have the same client load, I don't have the weight of everyone else's shit basically on yeah. me. 
Yeah. 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 Like that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you do really, um, I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm just realizing how much for stylist self-care is incredibly important for us. It's not only like energetically, but like physically, it is so hard on our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, so yoga really, really helped me to like, um, stretch out my, my spine. Um, I was starting to get bad posture like from just constantly, um, so I'm right-handed. Um, I had a lot of elbow and shoulder issues before I retired. And honestly, they've gotten better since I've been home. And, um, but it's this, we're constantly rounding our shoulders, reaching forward, whether it's foiling, blow drying, using a brush, scissors, um, um, shampooing, you're yeah. leaning over a shampoo bowl again, you know, so all of this is like causing the shoulders to round forward and my chiropractor. So I started seeing um, a chiropractor too. And so yoga and my chiropractor has improved my, my posture so much. I've actually grown about an inch since I started. Um, yeah, I'm like almost five, five now. And I was like, like five, three and a half or something like that before I started like yoga and like working with a chiropractor. So, um, so yeah, you know, all of the things that so physically taking care of our, our body, our vessel, and then also taking care energetically of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about your yoga journey, how you got into it and then teaching and now kind of shifting into what you do. Yeah. So, um, when I, when yoga came into my life was two years post transplant. Um, I was trying to beat myself up at the gym, you know, also being a hairstylist and working in a beautiful salon and working with beautiful women, um, that have it all together. Um, there's definitely a sense of you needing to keep yourself all together. So I'm grateful for that because that helped me, um, <laughs> you know, keep up mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and so just wanting to go to work and looking nice, you know, um, dressing up, putting my makeup on is something that I always um, love to do. And so um, going from, so I, I found yoga because I really wanted to get fit again. But the only way that I knew fit before was like, like lifting weights, like hard, like cardio, like heavy hit, um, you know, exercise, things like that. So I dove right back into that after having my transplant and having such a traumatic, um, uh, surgery. Mm -hmm. I had, uh, about 38 or like, uh, stitches in my abdomen. And so I literally have a huge, like my scar covers my, my, my abdomen pretty much. It's a big peace sign. It's kind of cool looking now, but, um, <laughs> it looks kind of savage, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, um, so I tried to go back to that type of workout and it just wasn't working for me. So um, my body was in pain every time I would leave the gym. So that's when I had an epiphany one day to go back to yoga. And I had dabbled in it before, but I never really practiced it consistently. 
and I decided to go back to yoga and it was exactly what I needed. Yoga met me right where I was at. It could be as gentle or as progressive as you want it to be. And um, I felt really good after I went to yoga. So I started, I, I decided to commit to the yogic path and do yoga consistently. And I began to notice how it made me more confident, how it just created more space in my body and just in my life and in my mind. I was more present. Um, I learned how to breathe and it also helped me to de-stress, which was really great for the autoimmune. Um, um, have, I have two autoimmune disorders. One of them is the one that caused the liver um, disease and the, uh, caused me to need my transplant. And so de-stressing for me is huge. Like balancing my nervous system is really important. So getting sick really took me on this road to self-discovery. And um, so when I... I found yoga, I realized that I really wanted to use it to help others. And that's when I decided to go to yoga teacher training. And, um, and then after that, it was pretty much a wrap. I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, this is where I feel like I, as a, as an organ recipient, at least for me, I felt a strong obligation to give back to the community in some way. But at the time, I wasn't ready to do that right away. I still had a lot of healing to do. And so when I started going to yoga teacher training, it was, I just knew that I had to use it to help others because it really helped me to heal. And, um, and yeah, that's when I just decided like, now my soul is pulling me this way. Like I love doing hair. I love transformation. And maybe that's part of like the coaching too, is just the whole, like seeing someone transform, right? Yep. And it's like seeing your clients and like making them feel beautiful is, is so fulfilling. Um, but, and, and I love that part of it, but I really felt like I could use my experience to help women not only being an entrepreneur for so many years, but even all of the struggles um, with my health and then having something to actually give them like mm -hmm. yoga and coaching then just became what I really felt passionate about. That's so neat. Do you have any advice? Because I think it is really important to remember, like you were saying that um, stress affects your physical body. And I think a lot of times, especially busy women and moms, we tend to ignore signs that our body is telling us. And then also we don't always recognize what stress we're under because it's just our life and we've got things and we got to, you know, do all the things. So any tips around that, um, de-stressing, decluttering, and why it's so important to listen to the cues from your body? Yeah, um, definitely. It's always our bodies are talking to us. It's just about being aware. Um, so many of us live outside of our body. We live in our mind, in our ego, and in our logic. And we're constantly thinking about either the future or the past. And so um, being in the present moment just really helps you to get connected to what's going on physically with our bodies. And so, you know, any stress, any signs of physically that your body is, um, is telling you, whether it's like your, your 
you know, we see as hairstylists, we see women that their hair goes through shedding phases. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different reasons why that could be happening. But stress is a big one for shedding, um, going through like these uh, phases of shedding hair. So it's like, you know, anything like that, your hair shedding, your skin is breaking out, you're constantly, um, or you feel a lot of tension in your shoulders. A lot of us carry a lot of um, tension in our shoulders. And I love this because, um, you know, my one of my yoga teachers says, don't should all over yourself. And, um, you know, because our, and the word shoulders has the word should in it. And we, put all of these conditions on ourselves, all of these expectations, all of these things that we feel like we have to do on our shoulders. So noticing, you know, if your shoulders hurt, if your body physically hurts, what do you need to do to move all of that stagnant energy? For stylists especially, our backs are probably constantly killing us. Our shoulders, our elbows, our hands, what do we need to do to move that? You know, so whether it's do you need to move your body in exercise to um, get the uh, to get all of that tension out, or do we need to stop if we're feeling anxiety and feeling shortness of breath, or just feeling, um, uh, yeah, just the the feeling of anxiousness? Mm-hmm. Um, then that means that we need to settle the body. That means that we need to maybe either take a walk or take a few deep breaths to get ourselves centered and grounded. That's so, so, so important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So any last, any last tips um, for people? Okay. So two tips. One, if people are looking to get into the cosmetology industry, what would you kind of say to them? And two, if people are looking to shift out of it and move on to their next journey, what would your advice be to them? Mm, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so if you're looking to um, go to cosmetology or um, take that step, even if it's just like an inkling of a thought or um, something that you'd love to do, but you kind of always, again, it's that logic there where we're thinking from the mind and not the heart, where we're like, oh, but how? We're still stuck in the how. We're still stuck in the rationality of it. What I would suggest to that, because I was stuck there when I wanted to go to yoga teacher training, and um, I have I run a salon, and how am I going to do that? I have a career. How am I going to go start doing this other thing that I'm feeling passionate about? I would say the very first thing is just take one step, whether it's calling the school and finding out how much it costs, what the schedule is like. What, um, um, what school you want to go to. So whether it's visiting the schools, but honestly, for me, it was one phone call. It was one phone call to the school I thought I wanted to go to. And then that phone call turned into, well, why don't you come in and we can talk in person and we can tell you what we have to offer. Then, then you're invested at that point. At that point, you are moving from an idea to reality. So you're moving from an idea to action step and um, making an informed decision, right? So for me, it's like getting online, figuring out, find, getting the phone number, 
calling and making an appointment. Those li those two little things could just be such a, could completely change the trajectory mm. of your entire life. And then from that point, it's actually signing on the dotted line, actually registering. And now you're committed. And now that's when you start to get excited and you're actually making a dream a reality. And then, yeah. And then the second question was, um, what was the second question? Like transitioning out. What would you tell to people that are maybe afraid to change careers or are feeling, you know, uneasy and uh, uneasy about it in any way? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I would say follow your heart. And I know that that's the same um, answer, huh? Yeah, 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 I was thinking that it's kind of along the same lines of, you know, um, following your heart, and just getting in tune with your desires, getting really in tune with your desires, because I think it's so easy for us to suppress mm -hmm. those desires. And um, say, you know, well, my life's okay, right now, it's comfortable. Right? My life was very comfortable. My salon was a well-oiled machine. My salon was literally probably the easiest it had ever been. So to get move from un, from comfortable to uncomfortable is the shift. Right. And and it's about and I think that we don't get uncomfortable because we're too we're too comfortable and we, we want that stability. We know what to expect. We want certainty. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's easy to push our desires aside or to push them to the back of our mind. But if you find that it's something that keeps nagging your subconscious, I'd say, go for it. Find a way, Fine. you know, even if it's, if you have to do it part-time, even if you have to have this career for a while until you can do this other thing, it's all right. Let's make it happen. I love that. Thank you so much. And so much information. where can we find you online? Yeah. So two places I love to hang out is Facebook and Instagram. So on Instagram, you can find my yoga and coaching Instagram, um, page it's called or it's at ness jasper underscore yogi so it's n-e-s-s-j-a-s-p-e-r underscore yogi and then on facebook i have a private facebook group for women if you're looking for just a supportive community of women that um, love everything like um, wellness, um, healthy living, uh, spirituality, yoga, community, business, you can find me under the group section at Energetically Aligned Babes. And then you can find my personal page on Facebook and you'll find me under Vanessa Jasper. Perfect. And I'll link everything below. Thank you so much for being here. And we'll you're so welcome. Thank you so much, Emily. It was such a pleasure being with you today, friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. 
If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists.